the fellowship of believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. just pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, would you continue to move amongst us in your sovereign power? Father, by your spirit, would you come? Would we be a church? Would we be people who love to display your splendor to a needy world. And would you help us to be more like you? Father, that our lives and our church would warm your heart that beats for this world. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start by saying something really simple. I love the church. I love the church. I love this church. I love St. Swithin's. St. Swithin's is God's gift the city in the same way any church community. God longs for us to see it that way. And God longs for us to love his church too. God longs with a passion and a desire for his bride, the church. It's not an ambiguous thing, the church. When pressed, Um, and I don't mean this to be make people feel guilty or to do anything when pressed often if you ask someone and press a bit beneath the surface actually there's often just a little bit of a shrug of the shoulders a little bit sort of slightly embarrassed about the church do you know a series of bad experiences series of disappointments that we've not managed to surrender to the cross can leave us really in a no man's land that's a polite way of saying it probably where we subconsciously or even consciously agree with the veteran rock star Mick Jagger who very famously spoke for 
many people, particularly outside the church, but I actually think there's prevailingly within the church too, and I know that's a really difficult thing to say. He said, Jesus Christ was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Very few people who look at his life, even in the secular world, would disagree with that. But I don't like the church. The church does more harm than good. Now that is a very common view in our culture. And it's a common view when we push a bit beneath, because actually the disappointments rack up and the difficult things that we don't manage to get free from mean that we begin subtly to believe less than God longs for us. Our bar gets lower and lower and lower. And that grieves God. It grieves God. Because, see, the church very simply is God's is people. It's God's people. God's beloved people. People who are looking to connect with God as we've shared in the conversation around what makes a healthy Christian diet, but also to love other people too and to discover our purpose in the world. The Christian faith, loving God, loving others. Loving God and loving others. But actually, I don't know about you, but loving God has its difficulties maybe, but loving other people is particularly challenging because have you noticed the people you've got to love? It's one or two of you agreeing, including me. You know, look at me. Because actually we can be challenging, can't we? Because we're all a bit different. Because actually we behave sometimes in beautiful ways, sometimes in terrible ways. And actually that can take its toll. Loving other people can be really challenging. Yet one of the images throughout Scripture, but also we find particularly beautifully in John's Gospel, is the Gospel is that God's people are a family. A family of every generation. Of every generation, united by Jesus Christ and displaying God's love in very real ways in a real world. We're going through the book of Acts and actually had a conversation just before we started saying, actually, it's really challenging the book of Acts. Just thought I'd put that out there. Because the bar isn't low. It's not down here. The bar is very high for God's part and his intention for his church. Remember, Jesus has left the earth. The disciples are confused about what's going on, but they're also expectant, and they're waiting for what God does next. And in the beginning of Acts 2, we find the Spirit coming like a rushing wind. A bit stronger than that. New breath. New breath for new life. New breath for new life. And in God's extraordinary love and his extraordinary power, he comes afresh upon these disciples for them to continue his mission and his ministry in the world. Last week, Jesus, Nicola, Jesus, Nicola, I've called you Jesus. That's great. That's quite a compliment, isn't it? Nicola led us in the next bit as Peter speaks of Jesus. Is he your saviour? Is he your king? and inviting us into that relationship 
of love with him and calling us to respond as many did and many do. But what happens next in the passage uh, that Brenda led us uh, in this morning depicts the life of the early church that we find in these actually five verses, not six. And these are the verses that have inspired Christians generation after generation. If you've got your Bible in front of you, um, do get it open in front on page 1094 or get it on your phone if you're uh, in front. Because these are the verses that have inspired Christians over the last 2,000 years. See, it's not programs that are going to deliver you. It's not busyness. It's not working really hard. But the presence of the living God amongst us, transforming lives and transforming nations. That's what we begin to see here. This is what the church was created to be, the place where God dwells. And these disciples devoted themselves to God. They devoted themselves to God. All of us, I don't know what your day-to-day life is about. I know some of you reasonably well and what's involved in your day-to-day life. But it's very easy to devote yourselves to other things than God and his glory. It's very easy to do. We're ridiculously busy people trying to fit in a phenomenal amount of things. But actually within our hearts, we know people where it's so easy to kind of devote ourselves to particular people we revere, whether they're kind of movie stars, whether they're celebrities, and we just idolize them. We put them on a pedestal and long to follow them. We admire them and give them an extraordinary amount of adoration. We become devoted to things we really care about, our cause in the world, whether it's politics or particular ideology or a particular interest. We can pour our lives into those things that we love. Like our possessions. Like our houses. Like our careers. One for someone slightly other. Like our phones. We can pour our lives in devotion into many, many, many things. And so actually I wonder just really at the beginning of this. You know, on a week-by-week basis, what are you really devoted to? You know, what does your heart beat for and to? What's motivating you in your week? These five verses show, I'm going to just quickly go through them, five signs of a community that devoted itself to God's presence amongst us. Five signs. Teaching, community, social compassion, evangelism, and worship. Five things I'm going to go through really briefly this morning. Have a look at the verses in front of you. It says here in verse 42, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Brian held up his Bible. They were devoted They dug in. They spent time. They reflected. They meditated. They 
spent time wrestling with the kind of what is in here, what the words mean, how they understand them and apply them on a day-by-day basis. And a living church and a live church will always understand the importance of truth. Because truth, real truth, gives us power and strength for every area of our lives. God's truth is a truth that comes into our lives and gives us a strength and a power to live. Christians have always believed that it is the truth that where is the place that you will find freedom. And most of the times, pretty much every time I pick up the scriptures, and we do this as part of our weekly life as a, as a staff community, but also in other places where I meet and pray with during the week. And I mean, we may pick up a Bible, you know, and read a passage we've read a hundred times, but something will strike us afresh this week. And it's like a light bulb has gone on as God awakens us to something in his word that's for us today. Not just information, but living food. The food of God's spirit, God's truth, beginning to shape and mold us from the inside out. And you're saying, why did I see that before? It's been there for 2,000 years or, or longer. And when that happens, you see, when that, the word of God comes alive and we start to realize that this is for me, the truth becomes real, not abstract. It starts to become real. And we start to want to do something about it. So as we devote ourselves to the, God's word and to experience God's presence in real strength comes to us as we devote ourselves to his word And that's a sign of the presence of God amongst us. We desire and long to know what God longs for, what God thinks, what God says. So simply this morning, if you're struggling to engage with Scripture, why don't you ask a friend, a Christian friend, to meet up and just to to look at it, to read through it? We have life groups Lots of life groups here that meet during the week with just an intention of opening God's word amongst other things and discovering what God says, what God thinks, what God longs for us. Secondly, it says community. It it says they had everything in common. Notice everything in common. They didn't claim that what they had was their own. They devoted themselves to fellowship and to community saying to one another, what's mine is yours. I'm not just talking about money, although we could include that here. I'm talking about talent and our lives. It was that important. As God began to get a grip of their life and to shape their life, they realized that all that they had was a gift of God from God and was to be shared for the blessing of God and for one another. You see, The kind of Christian community God longs for is radical. But it starts here in the heart, in a transformed heart. Because the difficulty is this, is that temptation is all around us, and particularly in our generation, in this age, where we're tempted to think, do you know what? I've got to look after myself. Because nobody else will. Nobody else will. 
I'll be left on my own. So actually, I've got to look after myself. And actually, subtly, we therefore agree with our culture, which profoundly has individualism at its heart. Very profoundly in a way that's making communities so difficult for so many people. And you'll be, you know, living and working and with people who are really, really struggling to do community in any form. Because actually, it's so difficult to get beyond ourselves. We're so tempted to live independently, thinking I'm a radical English individualist. My home, my stuff is my castle. And it's tough to live in Bath, Tim. Don't you realize how expensive it is? Don't you realize how difficult it is? It is difficult. But the choice of starting to go and living for yourself is a dead end that's going nowhere. And the only thing that will really create that kind of community where we really have a heart to give and to share is that where Jesus is right at the center. That the very person of Jesus, the presence of God, is right at the heart of things and captures our hearts, our affections, our life, our choices, and it begins to flow out of that. And all of us are different. You know, I recognize how difficult unity and community is. You know, I'm around people who find me very difficult at times to live with. On a, on a good day, I'm great. On a bad day, not great. But I'm guessing all of you are the same. But there's forgiveness. There's healing. There's repentance. There's coming back to the heart of what God longs for, where actually we look out for each other, we care for each other, we pray for each other. We support each other, we encourage each other, and actually we lift each other up in a godly way, getting beyond our own preferences, getting beyond our own desires to have control and to make sure it's done our way, beyond the boundaries of generation and preference. That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit breaks those barriers down because God is at work and we long to see the whole community flourish. So, simple challenge on this. Who are you committed to today? Who are you going to look out for? Who are you going to... I mean, one of the things we used to do in our previous churches, you say, get your phone out and go and text some people just to tell them how important they are to you. You know, do something to show your care, your love, for somebody within this community or another part of the Christian community. Thirdly, social compassion. It says here, if you look at the text, the people were incredibly generous to anybody who was in need. See, the thing is, is for us as a Christian, we, when we realize all God has done for us, when we recognize actually in the light of our lives and our own weakness, our failures, our own sin and vulnerability, in spite of all the, the very heart of all that's not good about us, our guilt, our anxiety, our self-absorption, that God loves me. God loves me and accepts me and welcomes me into his kingdom. That even though I've got bad habits and I do fail again and again, it gives me a heart to want to reach out for others because I am no better than anybody else here. 
I don't stand on elevated ground above anybody. Because the foot of the cross is level. And we all come there. Recognizing that we have been sinners and our sinners in need of a saviour who comes and restores us, renews us, and makes us right with God. When we recognize that, we long to bless other people, to help other people journey, walk, come to God. We bless generously, not frugally, not meanly. We get challenged by our own pride and our own sense of superiority and recognize that we need the merciful compassion of God again. We need the merciful compassion of God again for our communities. Where there's so much brokenness, so much darkness. When we look out beyond ourselves, we just see there is phenomenal need in our society. Lord, help us to reach out to the poor, to the lonely, to the addicted, to the homeless, the vulnerable, the broken. Who can we bless this week? Who can you think of this morning that you could bless in some real way this week? Someone you know is in a really dark place or a difficult place. Fourthly, evangelism. Notice it says they enjoyed the favor of all the people and they grew every day. Also, at the heart of it says that the radiance, splendor, and beauty of this Christian community was so great that people were attracted and wanting to know more, wanting to experience the God who other people had met. There was a real living God at work in power, in power and in signs and wonders. God was at work. God was at the center. God was doing stuff. God was active. The Spirit was at work. And they both reached out, and then also people came, were attracted, because there was something of God at work amongst them. It's Sangster who famously quoted, the church exists solely for benefit of those not here. The church exists solely for the benefit of those not here. This morning, if you consider yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, you are a carrier of good news. You are a carrier of good news. Can I encourage you, and I'll pray at the end, that you find a way to share that, even in tiny ways, but you know, take a little step and finding someone to give that away to this week. Be good news to someone this week. Give it away. Be generous. And fifthly, uh, worship. They praised God in the temple and in their homes, both in a personal way, but also as they gathered. Verse 43 says, the, there was awe, David, you said, awe and intimacy, and there was gladness and generous hearts. You know, real worship is characterized by both awe and intimacy. It's not either or. It's both and. There's an awe for the magnificence and the wonder and the splendor and the glory of God. 
that we want to always hold on, but also the God who has come to us to dwell with us, to be in personal, living relationship with us, to commune with us, to be with us, both together. And we experience that in all the things we do in worship, in our singing, in our prayers, as we come before God's word, as we um, share bread and wine together that we'll do next week. We haven't got time to do that this morning, but I could have easily done that. You see, because at the end of the day, the basics matter. We can all want to do the clever things, the amazing things, but at the heart of this community, they devoted themselves to prayer, to worship, to sharing bread and wine, to breaking bread together. They knew the value, that they knew that their hearts would grow dry and grow cold unless they fed it with the words of God, the life of God, the life of the Christian community over time. Who can you encourage this week? Who you know struggling to engage in Christian worship? Because the reality is, I, um, a number of you asked me this morning how my week has had a, a, a real mixed week where chatting to all sorts of people. But I've, quite common conversations I have, some within here, some outside, is people who've just gone very tired and weary. People who've been Christians for decades. And actually, it, it's almost painful for me to listen to how, in a sense, they're saying, actually, my love has gone cold. And that's not me to judge, but to say, Lord, how do we rediscover the heart of worship again that it is about you and a love for you? A love for you that means that I put aside all my preferences, my desires, my desire to do all those things, to find a way just to simply worship you. Because you're worth it. Sorry, that sounds a bit cheesy, doesn't it? God longs for our hearts, longs for our lives. This is the testimony of the Christian community coming alive. And this is what they devoted themselves to. And all of us have that place of opportunity when we you know, come before God in our daily lives and also when we gather on a Sunday, say, Lord, I need to be renewed. It's not a shame to say you've, you've got lost. But it's disastrous if you pretend you're in a place you're not. Because actually we long to just offer ourselves and say, Lord, we want to be a church that resembles the vibrancy and the nature of your church. Would you come again? Would you renew me in a love for your word today? I've tried so many times, you might be saying, I've tried, but I just can't spend time in God's word. But Lord, would you help me just to make more of a priority for praying and worshipping? Would you forgive me when we don't reach out to those around us? We build in our heads, we build boundaries between ourselves and other people. And we're not the community you long for us to be. Father, help us, we pray this morning. Amen.
before we move on. I'm just going to have a bit of stillness for a minute. This is an opportunity, in a sense, um, to be honest before God. Actually, could you close your eyes, if that's all right, this morning? respond in a number of ways uh, if you'd like to keep your eyes closed if in some way this morning as we've been um, worshipping you have a sense that this morning you need to ask for God to help you to be renewed in any of the ways I've been talking about and that you know this morning it's personal that you've got stuck I'd just like you to quietly raise your hand There's no magic in raising your hand, but it's saying, Lord, today I need your help. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, you hear our cries. The cries of our heart to be all that you long for us. For those this morning who are sat here with a longing to grow again, to to be ignited again, to be back in community again, to spend time in your word again, to find the joy and wonder and discover the joy of wonder of your worship again. Where our hearts, we know somehow our hearts have gone cold. Father, would you hear that cry to be revived again? Come, O Holy Spirit, afresh I pray. Come afresh, I pray, I pray and fill with your life, but then, Lord, really help over the coming week to reorder our lives around you. Father, we recognize the temptations that come our way to put things other than you at the center. Would you come afresh with power, with wisdom and also revelation where you know there's something you need to do that, Lord Jesus, you'd bring that to mind. Heavenly Father, just pray you would fan into flame the gift that it is St. Swinnens. Father, would we burn for you with a passion for you, with a heart for you? Father, we repent. I repent this morning where I've put other things ahead of you my family, the job, 
people, my own dreams and ambitions, where actually you long to be right at the center of everything. Would you reorder us? Would you order reorder me? And would you reorder our lives again to reflect your heart? <laughs>